If you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse number 1. One said, Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking Savior. Then he describes it. So do a little folly him that is in the reputation for wisdom and honor. Let us pray. Father, we come before you, Lord, humbles before the, the grace of the throne of God this morning, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, to reveal to us the things that we need to see. Help us to understand and desire the umption of the Word of God in our lives, Lord. Help us to apply that Word to our lives, Lord. Empty me of self and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. You'll find that Solomon wrote three books. He wrote Proverbs, he wrote Ecclesiastes, and then he wrote the Song of Solomon. And in these books, you'll find that Solomon writes about the little things. I know that we're concerned about the big things, the big things in life. Uh, we're concerned about the big crowds, the big numbers, big this, big that. But in, in, in the Bible, the, in the Bible and the Lord are he's more interested in the little things. I, I love that song, Little as Much When God Is In It. And that's the truth. Let me say this. A little bit can turn into a whole lot if God is not in it. And if He's not in it in the wrong sense, Solomon writes these things in, the, in these three books. In, in Proverbs chapter 24, he said, Yet a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, a little sleep, so shall thy poverty come at one that travaileth, they won't as an armed man. And when you read the, the whole uh, chapter of 24 of Proverbs, you'll find that he's dealing with slothfulness in the individual's life. He said, I, I walked by the fields and a slothful man. And he said, the stone walls were torn down and thorns have grown up. He said the reason why for this to happen was the man was slothfulness. He got at ease. He took a little nap. And before he knew it, it turned around. And everything he had thought and everything he wanted in life was destroyed. I want to say this this morning, uh, a little bit of slothfulness in your life, whether it be in your uh, personal life, or whether it be in your job, or whether it be in your marriage, or whether it be in your family, whether it be with your walk with God, a little bit of slothfulness in your life can wreak habit and big problems. In your life. Solomon said, just these little sleep caused this. We find in the uh, Song of Solomon in chapter number two, he said in verse number 15, these take us, these foxes, these little foxes that spoil the vines. For our vines have tender grapes. Solomon said uh, it was the something little that will mess up. The fruit that you have worked hard and labored for to produce. And listen to what I'm telling you. If you want your walk to be with Christ ineffective, let the little things get into it. I, I had a coach one time tell me, 
He said, if you want to excel, if you want to do good, if you want to move to the next level, then you're going to have to do the little things good. You're going to have to uh, uh, practice harder. You're going to have to get up early. You have to stay late. And for those that do those things, those that uh, put in that time and effort and do those little things, you shall excel. Can I say that's the same way with our walk with God? The little things will help you to excel in your walk with Jesus Christ. And have that victorious Christian life that we want to live. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. A child of God stops doing uh, uh, things correctly. When he stops reading the Bible. When he stops uh, praying. When he stops uh, uh, witnessing. When he stops uh, 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 gathering with the church of God. When he stops worshiping. When he stops doing all these little things. When he stops doing all these little things. When you stop doing all these little things in your Christian life, it will open doors in your life for little sin to take place of those things that you're not doing. When you stop doing some little things in your life, that leaves a void, it leaves a vacuum, and the devil knows, and I promise you this, if you don't stop, Stop doing those little things uh, for God. The devil will insert something in its place to take up that void today. Anytime you stop doing something uh, little for God, the devil will find something little to put in that place. And as soon as he does, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Here in our text, uh, Solomon gives us this picture of the little things that mess up and make a huge difference. He said, it's these dead flies. You know, in the Bible, the flies are pictures of the devil, pictures of demons, pictures of unclean spirits. And he, in the New Testament, they accused Jesus saying, He casteth out devils through Beelzebub, the chief. Of the devil. That, that name Beelzebub, it means the Lord of Prince of Flies. He was, he, he was a demonic God. He was a picture of Satan and flies, or a picture of the devil, a picture of the demons and unclean spirits. Listen, if you don't constantly keep the flies, the devil run out of your life. If you don't constantly keep the flies of the devil shoot away from your Christian walk, if you don't constantly keep the flies of the devil ran out of your family, run off in your life, you'll end up being a breeding ground for Satan to plant stuff into your life that'll cause you to start to stink. Shoe fly, you're bothering me. Anytime you see some flies pop up in your life, some unholy thing pop up in your life, and you know it's not of God, don't entertain it. Don't put, don't put up with it. Kill it. Shoot off as fast as you can. Do you realize there's nothing more aggravating than a fly? 
Have you ever been laying in bed at night, the light's out, and you're just trying to get some good sleep, and all of a sudden, you can't see it? It just aggravates you, just tears you up. And as soon as you cut the lights on, you can't see it. But you cut them lights back off again. <clears throat> Flies can get into a place where, when you give room to it. Don't entertain it. I don't want to get into all what flies do because, it, and, and really I, I challenge you, uh, go home uh, and pull up facts about flies. You will not be impressed. Uh, uh, flies, uh, the lifespan is about 21 days uh, and in that 21 days they can multiply it about 500 times. That means in 21 days they got 500 little ones running around there and, and they, they, they hate things that are clean and they love things that are nasty. Flies can only eat something that's liquid. They can't eat solid. And if they, if they, and let me just say this, you might have one fly flying around your house that's bugging you, but let me say this, if you got 15 or 20 of them flying around your house, you can mark it down. There's something nasty in your house. Listen to this. If you got flies flying all around you, there's something nasty in your life. You need to get cleaned up. Because flies are going to hang around something nasty. Flies don't like things clean. If you want the flies in your house, you want the flies off around you, then you need to get into the Word of God. God has given us a holy fly swatter to take and just push these flies away from us and let the Word of God wash us clean. But I find, I find that too many of us liked flies hanging around us. We love flies to hang around. You ever seen these uh, cartoons? These old backwoods walk around and just flies flying all around them. They don't care. They got used to flies gotten used to flies and any time a Christian stops doing those little things for God it's not big things it's those little things for God we stop doing them we stop reading the Bible we stop praying we stop doing the commandments of God we stop listening to God then the devil is going to insert something in its place and let me tell you like I said the fly, fly can reproduce 500 times what the devil puts in its place is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's not going to stop. It will not stay little. You ever been around a dumpster and just see the flies? Because they like nasty things. I don't understand why so many Christians can't get the victory and they don't know why they can't get the victory in their life. It might be just still living some nastiness in your life. You got to take the word of God and get cleaned up. The flies are coming. 
some things about these flies that I think we need to learn and keep. Turn to Philippians chapter 4 right quick. I don't usually want to do this, but I, let me get you turned to Philippians chapter 4 right quick. I, I want you to read this. I want you to see this. I want you to put this in your mind. Keep the flies away from your mind. I want to start with the mind because I believe that the mind is the greatest battlefield of any Christian in this building this morning. When you're reading and writing the Pauls, you cannot come away without realizing this fact over and over and over. He deals with the mind. He deals with what we think about. He deals with what we intake. The battlefield of the devil happens right between our ears this morning. The devil loves to fight in our minds. It keeps those thoughts coming to our minds. Keep those things that's unpleasing God coming to our mind. Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is about to tell you what you ought to think about. Amen? Finally, brothers, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, report if there be any virtue in any of the praise, think on these things. Paul's telling you right here, these are things that you want to keep the flies of the devil out of your mind. You ought to think on things that's virtuous, things that are pure, things that are clean. This is what you, start, so you should be thinking on. Stop thinking on what the world is trying to implant into your mind. Because, when listen, when you start thinking on what the devil puts in your mind, it's going to take your joy, it's going to take your peace that God wants to give you. Amen. Why do you think Paul said in 2 Corinthians, casting down all... All imaginations. What's in your mind? And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bring it into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Paul said, hey, everything that comes to your mind, everything that gets there, you need to make sure it is of God and praises God. But if it don't, you need to get it under subjection. You need to get it right with God right then and there. Paul said, let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. What is that? Christ Jesus came as a servant. He came as a servant. The Bible says we are to renew our minds daily. That you can prove the good and acceptable will of God. The first place you need to get the flies, that unclean spirit, the devil, the demons is out of your mind. 
The devil will constantly mess with your mind. Let me just say this. How many here can say, I know that the devil has messed my mind. Things have popped in my mind and I sat there and dwelled on them when you should not have dwelled on them. When you start dwelling on the things that the devil puts in your mind and you know it's not of God, he'll put worry, he'll put doubt, he'll put division in your mind. And he wants you to think on those things. Can I say this? A good practical way to keep the flies off your mind is do the right, put the right things in your mind. I know we cannot think on those things that are lovely, those things that are pure, those things that are good, of good report. I know we cannot put those on, we cannot think about them all the time. We can't focus on them all the time. It's just constantly there. It's impossible in this world today to think constantly on those things, especially we have to, especially when you go to a church that is not of God. Listen, it's hard for Christians to live that kind of life and keep the right things in your mind when you're running down the road and you listen to, well, I'm on a highway to hell. You can't do it. You can't listen to the music of the world today and still think on those things that are lovely and pure. You can't do it. Don't tell me you're going to listen to that country music talking about running around your wife, running around your husband, killing this, killing that. You can't do that. You start pumping the right things in your mind. You let God get in your mind. You pump the right things in your mind. You won't have to worry about thinking on this. My, my. Bible says Saul had a troubled spirit. A troubled spirit. And when it came on him, he got evil. He got mean. Y'all have seen him in churches. Amen. Bible said... Saul had a troubled spirit of coming, and what they said, go get David. And David would come because David played the right kind of music. And David had the right spirit on him. And when he started playing, they said that evil spirit would go away. You cannot tell me you listen to the wrong kind of music and have the spirit of God on you. Don't tell me you can listen. Oh, I don't know none of them countries. I don't know none of them boys no more. <laughs> don't tell me. What's, what's some of them country singers? I know. I can't think of none of them either. I don't, never did listen to that kind of music anyway. But you cannot think on the things that God wants you to think on when you're thinking on the things that the world is trying to put in your mind. Charles Tindley. Y'all realize I do a lot of back studying on some of these things. I read a lot. I read about Charles Tenley. He is a man that was born to a slave. His mother ran away and his father just forgot about him. And he raised himself up. Couldn't read or write, so he taught himself to read and write. And, and, and then he got going to church, and he, he read the Bible, and got, people got witness to him, and he got saved, he got right with God, and then he said God started to deal with him, God started dealing with him, and he got saved, and he became a preacher, and he started pastoring one of the largest Methodist church 
at that time, 1890s, 1900s, somewhere along there. The largest Methodist church. He started passing. Here's a look. Here's a guy that came up from a slave and couldn't read and write, and then all of a sudden he's pastoring this church. And the and they said in the biography of him, he said he was in his study and he was reading over the Bible and he had his notes for that night. And all of a sudden he was sitting beside the wind, a window, and the wind came in and blew a piece of paper right over his Bible. He said he got up and wrote the song. Nothing between my soul and my Savior. Not of this world's delusion dreams. I have renounced all sinful pleasures. Jesus is mine. There's nothing between, nothing between my soul and the Savior. Don't let nothing get between you and God this morning. The devil will plant seeds. Instead of letting it get ripe, you know when the devil plants something in your mind, you start thinking, well, if that happens, then this will happen. And if that happens, then this happens. And all you're worrying about what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and it never, ever winds up happening because the devil has distracted you to think on things that might have been. When something pops up in your mind, and it ain't a God, shoe fly. You bother me. Don't let the devil get in your mind. <laughs> Don't let the devil get in your mind and say, hey, what you're doing is all right. Whoop. What you're doing is all right. It's okay. Amen. Because he definitely will tell you to do that. Don't let the flies of the devil get in your mind. Let me tell you another place. You need to keep the flies of the devil off your ministry. Go back to Ecclesiastes again. Go back to Ecclesiastes again. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking Saving. I don't have time to go into explaining what the apothecary is. If you want to know, and I challenge you to go in to study it, go to Exodus chapter 30, I think around verses 20 to 30, somewhere along there. It, it, it tells you all the ingredients and what the apothecary was used for. And it simply said, it was simply just one thing. It was apothecary means a, a a combination it means uh, it took uh, oils and spices and combined them is what it means and it was simply to use for to keep the house of God smelling as sweet as it possibly can but when you let the little flies get into the house of God and the minister to start stinking I imagine some of y'all want to know why I rant and rave over certain things. Why I rant and rave over that. Well, why do you rant and rave over the King James? Not why the ESV, SV, NIV, none of the DV. Because when you start, when you start 
letting little. When you start backing up on a little bit, next thing you know, you back way up on a whole lot of things. Amen. Uh, we need to keep it clean. Uh, what the Word of God says, uh, and you get a hold of it. Don't let the flies get in your ministry because it'll start stinking. And I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. Bringing Him glory. The world wants to see us tar down. The world wants to see us converted to their way of thinking. But I'm just telling you, we keep the way that the Lord wants us to think and we do what the Lord says we do. Even the music today in churches today puts on, put off a foul odor. Amen. You can't... I don't know if I've been to these churches. Y'all have been to church and hear somebody rap, hear anything, anybody, light show, strobe show, smoke screen, come up, oh yeah, Jesus is a man, Jesus is a man. Oh, yeah. Long hair, tank top, wife beater on, tattoos all the place, and yet tell you they love God. But looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, walks like a duck, it ain't no rabbit. It's a duck. We allow a thing. You, flies, dead flies can stink up your ministry. You say, well, I'm not a minister. It don't matter. Whatever God has laid in your heart to be, whatever God has told you to be, it can be a teacher, a singer, whatever, a, a prayer warrior. If you let the dead flies get into it, it will start stinking it up. Psalms 133, how good and how pleasant, I love that, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. If there's no unity in the house of God, it starts stinking. Amen? You got the right side against the left side, the left side against the right side. Next thing you know, you got a foul odor going on. How good and how pleasant it is for the dwell in unity. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard. Even Aaron's beard that went down all the way to his garment. The unity among God's people is like that precious ointment. We ought to do our best to keep the flies out of the house of God. People need to realize this. There is an enemy out there who wants to ruin your happiness, ruin your life. And he can do, he will do anything he can do to get in somewhere. God has blessed us. God has encouraged us. But I want you to realize it all can be destroyed when you let the devil get in. When you get that window, when we talk about windows of opportunity, we think a great big window. The devil only needs a slitter. That's all he needs. You, you know, it's not impossible for a rat to go up under the door. You, you know why rats get in a lot of places? Because if he can get his head into it, he gets the rest of the body into it. The devil's the same way. The devil says, hey, if I can get my head into it, I've got all of it into it. Amen. 
the unity in the house of God. We got to keep the flies out of the unity out of our ministers, no matter what 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 ministry God has placed you in. You got to keep the flies out. Look, look back at chapter nine of the Ecclesiastes, the last verse, verse eighteen, that leads up to the dead flies. Wisdom is better than weapons weapons of warfare. But one sinner, mm, one sinner destroyeth much good. You realize light draws flies? Light draws flies. You realize you are a light. You realize that. When you walk out that door, you're light. Don't think the flies ain't attracted to the light. They're going to be all over you. They're coming after you. Amen. They, they see you. They see the light and, and they gather towards the light. They want to be around that light. That means that we're going to attract some flies. Devil will try to implant people in the church just so that it will stink it up. He will sow tares among the wheat. How can we be discerned about the flies the devil brings in? When you see constant backbiting, when you see constant strife, constant jealousy, that means there's flies in the ointment. There's flies in the ointment. You shoo them off. You bother me. Just something little, something little can tear a church to pieces. Something little. Keep the flies off your mind. Keep the flies off of ministry. Keep the flies off your manners, your characteristics, your behavior. The text here is dealing with dead flies because it's the ornaments of the apothecary to send forth a Thinking Savior, and how is it interpretation of it? So doeth a little folly him that is in his reputation for wisdom and honor. People know that you have wisdom, people know that you have honor, and that is your reputation. But a little folly can stink it up. One bad move, one slip of the tongue. One blow up of the temper, one false step in your life towards sin can just mess it all up. A little folly messes it all up real fast. Old preacher told me years ago, a 
testimony takes years to build, but only moments to tear down. A good testimony takes years to build up, but in one moment, get rid of it. I cannot tell you how many stories I've heard and how many I know personally that, have, that were great ministers, had great uh, ministries. They, they were great preachers. They were great laborers. They were great men in the church for God. And in a moment of a stupid, mindless act, tore them all down. And the thing about it is, you can never get it back. Never get it back. If you lose what you messed up, you can never get it back. People look at you different. People sit away from you different. All because that one moment of weakness in your life, everybody around you sees you different. Now, God can forgive you. You can get it right and get things right, but everybody around you still looks at you the same way. They don't remember all the things you did. They remember the one thing you did. When you think of David, what do you think of? First one you think about is Goliath. Next one, Bathsheba. Goliath and Bathsheba is forever tied with the name of David throughout history. Forever tied with that. When you think about Samson, what do you think about? Delilah, forever tied. Those mistakes you better keep yourself clean. Listen to me. You better keep yourself clean and above reproach. Because there's something that you'll never get back is your testimony. You'll never get it back. I, I heard a preacher one time say in a moment of weakness, he, let, he messed up. In a moment of weakness, he got things right. He got moved on. But he said the toughest part of his life when he laid down at night in bed and thought about all the things that he gave up for one moment. One moment. He'll never recover his testimony. Get the flies away from your testimony. Keep your testimony. Keep it clean. Because you have only one testimony. Keep it clean. You say, well, I've messed mine up. Well, start building another one by the grace of God. Keep your testimony in such a way that once... Oh, man, I like this. This is good. Thank you, Lord. Keep your testimony in such a way that when somebody goes up and says, Boy, you hear what that brother Jimmy did? They tell you something, you say, hold up here, hold up here. I know him. 
that don't sound like him, so you need to just shoo fly, because I'm going to tell you what. Keep your testimony in such a way that when somebody says something, everybody else says, <laughs> you got the wrong person. You got the wrong person, because I know him. I've seen his testimony. I know the way it works. I know that. Keep it in such a way that you never have to say a word to rebuke whatever somebody says against you. Because those that are around you know you. And they know where you stand. They say, oh no, you are wrong. Shoe fly, you bother me. Flies of the devils will get into our minds and tear us up. Make us think things we shouldn't think on. Flies have gotten in a lot of good men's ministries. Tore them up. Not saying they're lost and undone. I'm just saying what they were doing for God. It's not there no more. They wish they'd gotten it back. Don't let the flies get in your testimony. Why you say that? Because basically when it comes down to it, all you got is your testimony between what God is doing in your life. God sees you and you're a testimony of him. Get this now. You're a testimony of him. When he, <laughs> when he sees you doing something you shouldn't be doing, you're ruining that testimony. When you're thinking things you shouldn't be thinking, you're ruining that testimony. When you're going places you shouldn't go, you're ruining that testimony of God. But to keep it clean, keep it above reproach. The devil is out to destroy you this morning. Don't let him get into your mind. Don't let him get in your ministry. Don't let him get in your testimony. Somebody here needed that. I got some good at it. I read a story talking about these small things. A train fell over off the tracks and down a hill and a few people was killed. And they went to investigate why this train fell off this track. And after they investigated, it was determined that a squirrel dug a hole up under one of the trussles. And over time, it would rain and fill that hole up and wash away a little bit more. Over time, it rained and fill that hole up and wash away a little bit more. Over the years, it just washed away that when the train came by with the weight of the train hit that trussle, it fell over because it couldn't hold it up anymore. It's those little things that we get into our lives. Amen. Little things that we allow to come into our lives. And we're going to fall over. We'll fall over. Let us stand this morning. I, I encourage you to come to the altar this morning. And just ask God, Lord, is there anything in my life that I need to get undercover so I don't want to be one that falls over? 
I don't want that little squirrel to dig a hole and get me to fall over. 